the Rad Levels are coming through just oh, fine. All right. <laughs> all right. We're back at it. Another fun-filled edition of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon. I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Rad Podcast. Boom. We did it. We did it. Yep. Must be because we're, we're back in the regular producer room. Everything's That's just right. flowing so much better. <laughs> it's more natural. Um, yeah. Big thanks to my wife, Haley, who joined us in the last week's podcast. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. She's nice. She's okay. She's okay. <laughs> She's great. She's okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this week it'll just be, uh, Amanda and I, so sorry, no special guests to, uh, to unveil today, but, um, we're currently on vacation. Thank goodness. Um, this is this, this particular podcast will be airing when, when we're all off on our, uh, normal winter break. So (laughs) I'm actually in the process of, of moving had the uh, landlord give me 60 days notice at the beginning of February. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, that's how things go. The, uh, the place that I was currently living in, we've, I've been in that place for like five years and, uh, it, the best landlord in the world never bothered me. Whenever I had an issue, I'd just reach out to him and he'd just say, take care of it, take it off the rent. Best type of re- rental relationship you could have with the landlord. Yeah. And that makes a, that makes a big difference when the landlord is just kind of lets you you know, live in the house. Just let you be. Because I've had landlords, landlords that have been like watering the grass every day. What? Yeah. Like they would come to your house and water the lawn for when, you? Yeah. When I lived downtown on J Street, I lived on J between 39th and 38th. And it was owned by this little old man. And he literally would come over every morning and like tend to the garden. I don't mind that so much. At least it was looking nice all the time, right? Well, yes, but he would do it in the morning when we're getting ready for work. And when you turn the hose on outside, it affected the water pressure. Oh, so while you're showering, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mister Miyagi's out there yeah. taking care of the lawn and you barely have any water pressure to wash yourself? Yes. Oh, that sucks. Couldn't you, like, ask him, hey, Mr. Miyagi? I'm just assuming his name is Mr. Miyagi. Oh, no, it's more like Mr. Popoff. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, Mr. Popoff, would you, uh, would you mind, you know, doing this maybe 10, 20 minutes later or early, earlier than the normal time? Oh, at least he wasn't nosy. Did he bother you? No, a lot? he didn't. And I loved that house. Yeah. So whatever. But it was just like, oh, better make sure we're, all, you know, doing everything okay. And I think oh, we had okay. a cat, we had a cat at the time and. Did he know you had a cat? Well, this is the was thing. He su- was he supposed to know and you just didn't tell him? No, this is the thing. His niece was the one that rented the place out to us. Mm. She's like, okay, have the cat. But the she's like, just don't let my uncle know. Who happens to be there every single day yeah. tending to your garden. <laughs> so it was just like, oh. Yeah. Was- I-, I could see why Mr. Popoff might actually <laughs> show up and and kind of keep an eye and keep tabs, but he never bothered you about the cat? No, yeah, no. So no. he's he just old and senile. He was old and senile and just had nothing better to do with tend to your garden. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the, the current renting situation that I'm now leaving to a, uh, it's a very similar thing. Like oh, very sweet. hands-off, totally cool. To- like the dude is just like, like our age who owns mm-hmm. this house. He just has an extra house. Oh, because must be nice. 
It's, this house is too small. He's having a kid, so he bought a new house that's bigger so he can have his mom that live there along with his his woman and his oh, new baby. Nice. And So he's like, I need somebody to take care of this house for me. So yeah, I, I, I said, landlord, you're giving me 60 days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of here in 30 just oh, because wow. I'm that good of a tenant. So it, it worked out really well. Fortunately, Robert uh, from Smoke Junction was able to kind of help help us out. And I'm very grateful to him. And uh, from what I can tell, he's going to be giving us a hand too with the moving, oh, which is which is nice. Sweet. So, um, big thanks to Robert for helping my moving situation and not be homeless. Yay! <laughs> no so homeless branded. That's what I'm doing this vacation. But um, I have a cool story that happened prior to our last recording, uh-huh. but you know after our last recording and before this one's going to be released. So I'm going to have to tell this now or else it'll just be lost in the annals of history, the (laughs) annals of history. Um, Went to Oakland on uh, this last Saturday. So this was just the Saturday after uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. I had no plans to go to Oakland, but um, I follow a specific band on Instagram called Middle Class Rut. Okay. Have you ever heard of them? I have not. They're a Sacramento-based band. Mm -hmm. They haven't really been catapulted into the um, mainstream yet, but they do have one bigger hit called new low. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd probably know it if you heard it. Great band. Um, they're also known as MC rut, but uh, they just MC, go by now that middle class. Rut. MC, MC rut. rut sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyways, check them out after we're done recording. You'll like them. Okay. They're pretty good. Sweet. Uh, just a two piece band. There's a drummer and a, the singer. They both sing and they both play all the instruments. So, uh, they they're one of those bands that can make a really big sound with only two people. That's awesome. Amazing. And they've been a, they've been kind of uh they've been kind of in the background for a while now. They actually crowdfunded their their most recent CD, so they put out on the internet last year, early last year saying, "Hey, we want to make a new album, mm-hmm. but we want to do it on our own terms and we want to do it with your help." So, with the community and with this crowdfunding thing, they they're able to raise enough money to make a new album, which will be coming out this year. <sighs> Long story short, <laughs> they are uh, getting ready to tour again. Yeah. So they put out this thing on their Instagram saying, hey, we got the secret show. If you're able to make the this secret venue in the Northern California area, Sacramento Bay area, um, email us and let us know. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I, I want I, I love this band. I would love the opportunity to see them at this secret show. What what could what what could possibly go wrong? They just say no, whatever. So I. Yeah. He, I emailed the fancy little email address they posted on Instagram, and I said, uh, me and Plus One, being my wife, mm-hmm. uh, would be able to make it. Hope, you know, fingers crossed. And they emailed back, and they said, yes, if you can make it, we're going to be filming something here, so you're going to have to sign your life away. You're going to have oh, to do right. all this. And um, if you can make it to Oakland by 630 on Saturday, then you're going to be good to go. So I said, yep. Could go, yeah. and then they gave me the venue, and it was at the Golden Bowl. Have you ever been to the I Golden have not Bowl? Heard of that? No. It's um, what it's, street is it? It's right around the corner, just a couple blocks down from the Fox Theater. Oh, okay, okay. Now they're they're really improving this area. If you've never been like down by the Fox Theater in the last couple of years, it, it, it's kind of like uh, Market Street in San Francisco mm-hmm. on the outskirts now, but in in on the inside, it's it's turning into this booming financial district that's really nice. Is it the Temescal District? 
I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, to be quite honest, I don't know like all of the districts, but I just know it's like on um, Broadway and it's it's right near the, the Fox Theater. There's that V yeah. Yeah. Okay. in the middle. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it was also the, when we got. So they gave us the venue and they gave us the time and we decided we'll get down there a little bit earlier. Grab a bite because we know that there's some really good restaurants down there. Hell yeah. And I'll get to that in a second. But when we first got there, we parked kind of in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Which in in Oakland is kind of anywhere, you know. You throw <laughs> you throw a rock and it's going to be kind of ghetto, and you throw a rock in the other direction, it's kind of nice. Like it's it's a very conflicted town. Oh, I love it. It smells like urine, but it's very pretty. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's very conflicted town. Um, so we get to the we get to to Oakland, and then all of a sudden we hear and I'm, this is like right in the aftermath of the big shooting that happened. Of oh, course, so I'm so thinking, you're like, hit the floor. I'm thinking the worst. Yeah. My wife gets out of the car and starts walking to the street and looks over and it's it's Chinese New Year. Oh, year, yes, year of yes. the dog. Year of the dog. <laughs> and they're they're setting off a ton of fireworks and and firecrackers. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's so cool. And so we we kind of had a, this view down the street of this big gathering of you know they had the dragon puppets. Oh, and, how pretty! And all that and and just this plume of smoke from all the firecrackers and fireworks that they had going off were just filled the streets and it mm-hmm. was so cool to just show up right on time. Yeah, to see that. So then we went, we decided okay, now we're gonna get a bite to eat before we go to the venue. So we walked down to this place called Duende, and it's Duende. <clears throat> oh yeah, it's right across the street from the Fox Theater and. um we had taken mental note of this place because one, it, it's the name that I had of a band that I was in most recently. Mm-hmm. So I thought, holy shit, something something else named Duende. I mm-hmm. thought this was like one of those really obscure things, which turns out it is. Um, but we so we made a mental note that this place existed, and then we thought, let's go there before we go to the show, since we we've seen this place mm-hmm. before. And uh, so we we go, and it's it's actually a really really good farm to fork um, kind of like. A tapas restaurant. Is it on the corner of the street that it's on? Mm, I don't think it's like on. Yes, yes, yes. But it's just it's on a corner. Yes, um, yeah. I have I've driven by it. It is gorgeous on the inside. Really reasonable prices. It's like one of those places that you really do want to want to order a couple of things off the tapas menu, which mm-hmm. range from like ten to fifteen bucks. Nice. And uh, we just had a small nosh, but they they also had like you know big showstopper meals that were like forty five dollars each. Which you know if you go to a restaurant like this, you're going to get every dollar's worth. And mm-hmm. I was so surprised at the the big flavors that we had. I'm trying to remember exactly what we had. We had uh, um. Some kind of flatbread with a cheese that almost tasted like hummus, and it oh, okay. had like arugula and olives, and this very Greek-inspired food. And then they had this other dish we got was like a broccoli and cauliflower, and it tasted like they were pickled, but they weren't, and there was like oh. nothing on them. But it, there was so much flavor in these little yes, bites of cauliflower and broccoli. I know exactly what that is. Holy shit. And then the che- I'm not a big cheese person, but the cheeses that they had, cheeses Christ. They Jesus were good. Christ. They were good. Yeah, though I've had pickled cauliflowers before and there's something that it's uh usually, you know, pickled with and you're right. It is just amazing flavors exploding in your mouth. Yeah, so if you're ever in the Oakland area and you need a good place to eat, go to Duende. Yeah. It, it, it's so good. I love that place. And I, I can't wait to go back cuz we could we only had time to get a couple of tapas mm-hmm. and then take off to the show. So we're going to go back and have some some more of that food, but um it was showtime, so we got over to the Golden Bowl and Middle Class Rut was supposed to be showing up, but nobody was there yet. 
And it was it was this really small dive bar, kind of like the Zebra Club downtown. Oh, okay. Um, but with a stage set up in the end, so it was very small, very intimate situation. There was two chairs set up because they were going to play some sort of stripped down acoustic set. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sat down in these like perfect this perfect vantage point right on the side. Uh, just a couple feet back from the stage and this two stool, uh, table. And then this bouncer comes by and says, Hey man, we're going to be filming something right there. And they're going to be sitting right there. So we, we decided to sit on the other side of the bar, which was kind of a bench seat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were like, Oh, are they going to interview the band right here? How cool. This is going to be awesome. And then, uh, we, we start seeing this camera crew show up like big, big legitimate TV cameras and like a production crew. And you could spot the guys that, you know, that work behind the scenes like us and that their job is absolutely stressful. Uh I totally know what they're going through right right now type of thing, you know? Um, And these are like really nice cameras. I'm thinking this is, this is a legitimate setup just for a little Sacramento two piece band. And uh, all of a sudden I see uh, two people walk by and the first guy I, recognize right off the bat and i'm like is that the guy from that show and then the guy behind is that the other guy from that show what you ever seen the walking dead uh yes here and there so you know norman reedus yes i do norman reedus walks by what he just he just walks in the bar i'm like (laughs) babe look norman reedus and then she starts fangirling the fuck out because she she loves norman reedus Uh and then behind him the guy who played glenn Stephen like, oh. Stephen Yen or whatever his yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the two guys from The Walking Dead that walk in and they sit down in those chairs that we were just sitting in and we were told not to sit there because they're going to be filming something. Wow. And they just sit down and they start filming like a conversation between the two and then they start talking about the band. Like we're we're probably 10 feet away, <clears throat> 10 feet or less away from them. So we can yeah. kind of we can basically hear what they're talking about. Right. And we're just like starstruck. There's barely anybody around us, barely anybody that that knew that they were going to be here, mm-hmm. except for the camera crew and maybe the bar people. And it's just this totally laid back situation. They're filming, they're talking. He's like Sweet. the uh, Norman Reedus is talking to the the, the Glenn guy and says, yeah, "Have you heard of Middle Class Rut? Oh yeah, two piece band. Yeah, they they're really cool." Mm-hmm. And then they start they they start going upstairs because there's like this upstairs backstage at the at the bar and uh, that's where the band was. So they went up, the whole camera crew went up there and, and filmed something with them. Then they came down and the 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 band came out and they said, Hey, yeah, we're you know in middle class rut and this is the first show we played in two years. And the last time I seen them was at uh, Aftershock. Oh wow. That was like one of their last shows, and they had actually gotten all their gear stolen from oh, their shit. from their van while they were waiting to play that show and after at aftershock oh that fucking sucks terrible story but yeah. the band prevailed they're still here bah, bah, bah. Yeah. um and we ended up watching the show it was very stripped back set with norman reedus and the guy who played <laughs> glenn two people over to our left like right. standing in the crowd with us and i know we were on camera at some point so sweet we did some research yeah um after the fact and we we didn't get to really meet them because once the band was done, the 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 crowd kind of went towards the band, and then at, the band went straight back towards Norman Reedus and the guy that played Glenn. I always forget his name. Um, and you know we didn't want to be that, that those those guys and just yeah. be like, oh my god, I love you, you're so great. Right. And I always kind of want to let them have their have their social thing, but they were mm-hmm. right there, accessible. Like we could have just walked up and had a conversation with them. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm Haley was starstruck. She couldn't muster up the, the the balls to go talk to her, and I was just like, eh, "It's just uh, I know, know I, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not like I'm not totally stoked to go behind the scenes and do the meet and greets. Like I've no. I, I think 
because I've kind of done a lot of them with the radio station. Right. It just feels like forced. Yes. And I don't want to force my, like, yeah. I, I know I'm going to sound like a bumbling idiot. Right. And I don't want to leave that lasting impression on that guy because, you know, we'll run into each other again someday. <laughs> right. No. Um, so we, we went about our way and uh, we on our way home, we were just buzzing from this whole experience because, mm-hmm. wow, like we were just sitting in this the small room with this band and we experienced all this great music and then Norma Reedus shows up. Right. That was just cool, you know? Yeah. And we did the research and we found out that there's a show called Ride with Norman Reedus. Oh. And it's this AMC show that's been going on for about two or three seasons now and they're filming the new season and they just so happened to stop at this bar in Oakland um, for this whole, I'm sure that there is like some sort of cross pollination. Maybe Norman Reedus knows the band and that's like, right. somehow they tied this all together. Um, but they, in the midst of the, sh- the filming of the show, um, that, that this is what one of their stops. So it'll be featured on their TV, on the TV show when it airs, I think later on this year. Sweet. Um, we so got to DVR that. We'll have to DVR it and take screenshots because mm-hmm. now this will be the second TV show that my wife and I have been featured on. Um, while we've been like out doing things behind the scenes for the show. Yeah. What was the other one? Was but, it like Cash Cab or something? No, it was similar to Cash yeah. Cab because it was like a trivia thing. Right, right, right. Um, it was like Expedition Unknown was the show mm-hmm. and we were in Reno and right. the, the 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 wacky host was asking trivia questions to all the people um, while they were in Reno. And I think they were filming uh, a special on the... Can't think of it now. Um, okay, so the remember when... This guy like held captive this plane and robbed the plane and then parachuted out of it and yeah. nobody's ever seen him before. Right. I can't remember his name, but he's very famous yes. for never being caught right. and escaping with all this money. Mm-hmm. Um, they were filming the show, the special for that, and for some reason they stopped in Reno and we won the trivia game and I have a frisbee. They, oh, they gave sweet. me a frisbee. <laughs> and so now this will be the second TV show we're featured on. Even though yeah. we're not like highlighted, we're going to be in the background. You guys are lucky. Yeah, I, I, totally. I, I had no idea. I just thought it was just going to be a one of those small, intimate concerts that just pops up randomly mm-hmm. and that was it. And it turned out to be this whole different experience. That's so, amazing. That was a fun weekend. What did you do for your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so so I went up to my grandparents' house in Weed. I haven't, I didn't realize, I haven't been to their house in six years. I've how, seen them. How far is Weed from the Sacramento area? Is that like... It's about four hours. So it's up past Reading? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's by, right by Mount Shasta. Oh, okay. And Wairika. I've never been there. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot up there, but my grandparents live there and I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hadn't been to their house in six years. I've seen them over that period of time, but... I just hadn't been up to their house. You know, life gets in the way or whatever. So I just needed a, I, my grandma and my grandpa, their house to me is like love and nurturing. And, you know, that in my childhood, my, my greatest memories and where I felt the most loved and taken care of in my young childhood was at grandma and grandpa's house, you know? Heck yeah. That's, the grandparents are the best. If you yeah. got them, if you're lucky enough to have them, they're the best. Yeah. And so um, I just felt like I needed to get, you know, get back to see them. My grandpa's not doing the greatest, mm. which is it's kind of sad to see because he's just such a, uh, he's just always been a role model to me and just, you know, a strong male figure in my life. It's and, tough to see the grandparents start to deteriorate, and especially when yeah. they're big, like prolific people in your life. Yeah. My grandpa is similar. He was, you know, chopping wood up until about two years ago. Now he can't do that. 
Yeah. And that was like his livelihood, you know? Yeah. And my, and my grandpa, you know, fly fisherman, tied his own flies, mm-hmm. avid golfer, you know, huge sports fan. That's why, I mean, the reason why I love the Raiders and the A's is because of Grandpa Bob. Oh, I right just, on. I love him. But he's, and I mean, I could love my grandma too. Yeah. You know, obviously, they're really the only grandparents I, I had a relationship with. And it's, my adopted mom's parents. Mm. So, but they took me on like I was just, you know, part of the family too. And um, so I went up there and it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, I brought my crafting projects and my magazines and the internet doesn't really work up there very Perfect. well. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love going to places where <laughs> internet doesn't work because then you can't bother me. Yeah. And then they don't watch anything except PBS and sports. So, Perfect. you know, it was just like, it's kind of a disconnect, but also I just get to sit there and, and talk to my grandma and, you know, I... I made them dinner and it just it just is a really good time. Oh, and it snowed while we were there. Oh, nice. It's not not very much, but it stuck enough. The Padawan and I were able to have a snowball fight and we made a little snowman. So you took the Padawan. Is yeah. Is he six years old, right? Yeah, almost seven. Wow. So did he was he like bored out of his mind without having the Wi Fi and the internet and all that? Well, he still had the Disney Channel. But, oh, okay. Yeah, right. I mean he was all right. But I did um we brought I bought um like one of those extra large coloring books. Oh, cool. And then I also bought like a big thing of paints for him. And so he, he did, was occupied. Yeah. He did art and stuff up there and he packed his own little toys and all that stuff. And yeah, like I said, we had the, the snowball fight and snow. I kind of kicked him outside with the dog for a little bit. So it was just really great. There was nothing much happened except just, you know, talking to my grandma. She did give me one of her quilts when I left. Oh, super sweet. That is sweet. And, um, yeah, so just, you know, just hung out with them, relaxed, but I was a little pissed. Well, not pissed. I should say I was pissed. I was a little bummed because, I, you know, I was having car trouble last week and, or I guess it would be two weeks ago now um, when this airs, but um, the customer service people shipped my car to the, or towed my car to the wrong dealership. And so then I had to do this like corporate ticket with them oh, to get no. to do a dealer to dealer transfer because like, they had to prove oh, that I requested the right dealership. Right. Because they're like, well, this isn't our fault. You know, we just did what we were told. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You pulled the call. Mm-hmm. You And they're like, OK, well, that's part of our corporate investigation, blah, blah, blah. Holy so crap. It took a whole day for them to do that bullshit. Oh, and then so it finally got to the right dealership. But it just put me a day behind, you know, mm-hmm. so I had like an extra day of the rental car and all that stuff. And I was going to leave Friday after the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept my son out of school and everything because <laughs> I was like, we're leaving. You it's going to be a snow day in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> Preemptive taking him out of school. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, we're going to leave it. I want to leave at noon, get up there so I can be there at a decent time. All this stuff. By the time I got my car and everything done at home. It was seven o'clock at night on Friday, and I and I, I I'm I just called my grandma and I'm like I I'm not driving up there, I'll, I'll get there you know ten o'clock, it and I don't want to drive in the dark even though I mean I can and I can see it in the dark and all that stuff it's just not worth just it. frustrating so at least it was a three day weekend that weekend exactly you know. exactly so and I'm gonna try and make it up there again on you know a three day weekend or whatever whatever comes up I definitely need to. Make sure that I'm spending time with them, you know, while while they're still around. It's sad to say. Yeah. But that's one of the things I need to work on better 
calling them grandparents and being around them more. And yeah. I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm not a very big family person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that I lost my mom along, along the way. Um, and she was kind of the conduit that kept everybody together. And, and right. now, now that she's gone, it's like, I don't really want to. And I, I don't know how selfish that is of me, but you know, I'm okay without it. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody. It's conflicting because I feel like bad because I feel like they want to be around me, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really want to be around. Right. And then it's not to say that I don't like them. I just right. feel like I have better things to do. Oh. It's like, it sounds so awful. Right. I'm so conflicted yeah. in my mind and in my body. I just don't like, it's so hard for me to, to justify it, but I do. Yeah. Oh, and for me, it was. I just would feel awkward because I would feel like I would be burdening them if I, because, you know, I don't want to stress them out having, you know, a little kid around and everything. And then the more I hadn't called, the more I just kept not calling. Yeah. You know, but my grandma, she's pretty, even for an 80 year old lady, she's up on that face, Facebook messenger. Ah, so she, you can't hide. No, 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 I can't hide. But um, she, it was just my grandpa's 85th birthday. And so in December, and so they were asking for everybody to send in, uh, you know, just write something nice, and they were going to put it all together for him. And um, so then I, because of that, I started instant messaging her more. And then I was like, hey, Graham, can I come up there? And she's like, yeah, come on up. She's probably been waiting for you. Yeah. So, and, you know, her other grandchildren all live pretty far away. One's in Arizona, two are in um, in Oklahoma. And then my other my other cousin lives here. But the, that's really like her, her grandchildren. Me and my one other cousin are the only ones that are so they, here. Do they absolutely love the great grandkid? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and vice yes. versa. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he the the son was trying to figure out he he still is trying to figure out who what a great grandparent is. You he know? just can't conceive it yet. Yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> have you shown him the chart, like? grandma grandma's mom and then mom's down here i've tried to because especially with my like adopted situation and all that it's, oh, yeah. it gets really like kind of convoluted for sure. him so i try to explain it to him but Straw family tree yeah Straw the chart and it doesn't help that uh a lot of the males in my family are named john so he's it's like oh. is that grandpa is that uncle is that cousin like it's so Anyway, it's just hard for him to to keep That's straight. Funny. But we had we had a good time, and uh, I definitely will be going up there again. Just to you know, when you just need to like chill out and reconnect with your people, decompress. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it was for me. Going off to the woods and and mm-hmm. reconnecting with the people. Yeah, I I need to do that. <clears throat> I definitely I have family up in Georgetown still, and uh-huh. you know my grandma and grandpa. Grandpa's getting up there in age too, and grandma's. Had a scare with pneumonia not too long oh, ago. Oh, damn! And... That will get the older people. Exactly. So that hit me, and I'm like, "Fuck! I gotta be. I gotta call them more." And that was like six months ago. Oh, damn! Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the best family member. I, I, I know it's mostly my fault. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I can't explain why I don't feel that connection or that desire to be around them all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like even when I did. It felt forced. 
And I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, no, it's nothing against my extended family or anything like that. I, I, I do love them. I hope and wish the best of them. But I just, I don't know. Were you around them a lot when you were younger? Only during holidays. You know, we'd, oh, we'd take okay. the trip and we'd hang out for Christmases and Thanksgivings and whatnot. And, you know, it was all well and, and good. Um, but I, I never really had that close of a relationship with, with them as, like, friends. Mm-hmm. My, I think the closest relationships I'd had growing up were with my grandparents mm-hmm. um, and one of my cousins. Because he was around the same age and we we kind of lived together at a young age. So we kind of grew up in a sense, Mm -hmm. and both had the same interests, Mm -hmm. being kids, and, you know, now he's a family man, which I'm not really, but he's, he's got a bunch of kids, he lives in New York, so I don't really talk to him anymore. Not New York City, New York, uh, Buffalo. They were actually, uh, Pentecostal, and (laughs) we were, my family was living with the Pentecostal family for a while, and, whoa, you know. Yeah, you you have Pentecostal family, yeah, and you know the whole no makeup, the whole no TV, the whole screaming at you and beating Mm -hmm. you, (laughs) snakes and people rolling around the the aisle at church. I I was physically scared when I Mm -hmm. went to the church for that one time when people were like flailing all over the place and rolling around. Like (laughs) this is not what rational people do. No, (laughs) I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna poke fun at religion or say anyone's better than any other but man what what is that what the hell is what going is on that? there how is yeah i don't know but it never I, made sense to me i uh i kind of understand what you're saying when you just visit relatives on on the holidays and stuff i can understand how because i have one grandma my my mom my biological mom's mom i only saw her you know, I saw her when I was young, but before I could really remember the times that I can remember, it was only like Christmas and maybe another time during the year, you know, if we happened to go up to Eureka mm-hmm. and um, my relationship with her until she passed away was always just very awkward. Yeah. But my grandma and grandpa that live up in Weed, I was we were like shipped to their house for the summer, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> They were they were a different set of like parental figures for us almost. Yeah. So it, it was, played much more of an put a more deep, deeper impact in your life. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. There was even a period of time uh, that we were shipped to them and then went to school. Oh wow! You know, like when we had a family member that was sick, we went to school in uh, Neeland Elementary, which is literally a two room school. Wow. Um, so that was interesting, but yeah, I could told I can totally see why if you're why there would be this like awkwardness because I had that yeah. too. And I think it I think social media kind of makes it worse mm-hmm. because I joked kind of about you know hiding from your grandma, yeah, but you can't because she's so up to on, on, up, up on to messenger, yeah. There's no hiding from from extended family, so yeah. you know when they make those invites for Christmas get get-togethers or Thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. Um, I've eventually like stopped receiving those invites cause I never respond yeah. you know? and, yeah. I, and, I, and I feel bad. Well, see, I, that's but... the part that I, that's the part that I, I want you to be able to accept like this is just who I am as a person and not harbor any guilt or feel bad about it. You know, yeah. if that's just how you are, then that's just how you are. You can't help it. Yeah. You know? And I just, it's hard to justify though. In my own mind, because right. I feel like I feel obligated. I feel even more obliga- obligated now that my mom is gone right. and, my, and her mom 
is still alive, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't really talk to her that much. And he, he, it's, it's like, well, I probably should since I'm like the closest thing that she had to my mom. Right. And, you know, because I'm the next thing that came out of her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, it's just this internal conflict that I kind of always beat myself up over. And I think, well, this is just, yeah, this is the way I am. And I'm, I'm not going to really lose sleep over it but it, it's i don't know maybe i need to go to therapy maybe i need to like maybe. get to the root of why but maybe it's because i don't want to make that idle chat and i don't want to have that awkward conversation of oh, how about them yanks you know but you know what the great thing about old people is is they're just so happy to to talk to you yeah. and hear about what's going on and even if you're just like well, I, uh, you know, went grocery shopping and you have some little anecdote. They are so excited to hear about that because they got nothing going on. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't want to hear them complaining about how much they don't have going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if once I start slowing down, maybe I need something drastic to happen for me to get to, to knock myself out of it. I don't know. Oh, it's a, you just let yourself be, be easy and kind yeah. of to yourself. I'll try. I'll try. All right, let's uh, move on to some emails. I got this one who um, wants some advice from you, Amanda, because oh, for me? Uh, yeah, she's got some she's got some things that she wants to do, and maybe you can help her. Oh, okay, it's from Mercedes. Mercedes, make your way to the main <laughs> stage. Mercedes, <laughs> table dance is half off for the next hour. <laughs> all right, hey Brandon and Amanda. Hey. First, I want to say I have loved all of your podcasts, and they have helped me unwind from work every night. Help oh. you unwind, huh? Yeah. How do how do you unwind? Do you unwind with one hand, maybe a magic wand? Uh, yes. Mm, yeah. yes. Listen to the soothing sounds of the podcast while you diddle yourself. So I've been wanting to join a roller derby team. Oh. Derby spelled D U R B Y. No, no. Is that wrong? Yes, it's is wrong. D E R B Y. D E R B Y. Roller derby team, but I've never played the sport. And I'm a very athletic person. Uh Though I do not look like it. Well, I have played softball fast pitch all my life, but I'm no longer able to play due to my age. I would like to try a new sport. So should I get into this sport? Yes. Is that, right. that was the end of the... How's it? Uh, yeah. So roller derby, uh, there's not like an age limit or anything like that. So how how old... What how, What's the oldest roller derbyer that you've... There's girls Experience. like way well past their forties that are playing. Really? Yeah. They can actually skate that old yeah. without falling apart. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. And um you don't have to have ever played the sport before. I never played the sport before. I the only time I had roller skated was like junior high mm-hmm. and maybe no, just junior high is like when I would go to the roller skating rink. And um, the thing about it is, is they have people that will show you the basic fundamentals of roller derby, which is, you know, like blocking and how to fall and how to take a hit and all that stuff and how to skate just your basic stride. Um, There's there's a rec team that I know Sacramento Roller Derby has. um, And then when you start, you would be starting with other similar skilled people that are just learning and you kind of learn together and then you you go up together, but I, I, I definitely think it's great camaraderie and, you know, maybe you might find, yeah, I don't want to play, but I still want to be involved with roller derby. You can ref. There's all different types of off skate type of things that you can do. 
there's a lot of ways to be involved. So I will take this email from Mercedes and email her back and give her the information for Sacramento Roller Derby. Uh, I believe it's sacramentorollerderby.com, but I can send her the link and give her a little bit. Cool. And just just for anybody else that might be interested, you can start as young as? Well, there is a junior roller derby team, and I believe you can start, I want to say 10. 10 to 18 is the junior roller derby, so the little girls. And then once you turn 18, you can start the women's league roller derby because then you're an adult. And from there, it's like you don't necessarily, if you want to be competitive, you have the opportunity to try out for like the more competitive teams or yeah. divisions within that, within the league. Yeah. And then there's the recreational league where you're just going out and having fun. Yeah. And then there's also within the league, there's level of play. So you could have, there's like the varsity and the junior varsity team, mm-hmm. right? And so there's the A team and the B team. If you don't want to be traveling around and playing, you know, the world championships and stuff like that, then the A team wouldn't be for you. And it would be perfectly fine. You'd still be playing competitive games at a B team level, which is not um, as dramatic, I guess you'd say, um, as the A team. And then, yeah, like you said, there's the rec league, there's all different facets. And um, the cool thing is, is Sacramento, we used to have two roller derby teams. We had Sacred City and Sac City. Well, now the forces have combined. And so we have one league, Sacramento Roller Derby. Oh, cool. And uh, so there's a lot more opportunity for levels of play and all that. And just, you know, a bigger league. It's, it's So it's, it's really great. Well, that's good news for Mercedes. And it's yeah. not something you have to really be totally skilled at because it sounds like you're taught from the beginning how to play and how to skate and yeah. how to do all that. Everybody's there to help you. They want to see you succeed. Nice. And then she's already athletic. She's, you know, like softball. So she's so, probably built pretty well to, to, to play the sport, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she probably has an upper hand because there are girls that were never athletic before. Mm-hmm. And then they find roller derby and they're able to be, you know, find a sport that works for them. And just um, the really great thing I found with roller derby is that the progression as your skill set progresses very quickly. So it really like gives you a lot of self-confidence. And that was probably the one of the biggest things that I did in my you know late 20s that made me feel more confident about myself. Awesome. So that maybe this is right up Mercedes Alley. Hello, <laughs> Mercedes. Make your way to the main stage. Show us your alley. Have fun, Mercedes. And let us know if you do and, yeah. uh, you know, report back. All right. Uh, the next letter I've got is a Dr. Prod letter. Oh, and it's yeah. kind of a long one. <laughs> oh, God damn. It not, is long. Not the kind of long one you're into. Oh, um, but uh, she's uh, she's got some self-confidence issues, some body okay. issues. And okay. um, I know you've mentioned you've been public about your your struggle with your body type issues. Oh, yeah. So, um, Especially as I get older and things change. And this might so you, you might be able to relate to um, I could say her name. Yeah. Her name is Epi. Uh, she says, greeting, lovely producers. Greeting. First of all, I'm loving the podcast. I've been a rad listener for years, and while I do love the show, I've never felt compelled or comfortable enough to interact with it. Oh. The format of the podcast has helped me finally work up the guts to reach out and ask for some advice. Oh, nice. So here goes nothing. I'm a 30-year-old woman, and I've been with my partner for about 10 years, and he and I have been married for six. 
Uh, our first few years together was a committed long-distance relationship, seeing each other only every few weeks. After college, we were able to relocate to the same city and move in together not too long after that. Through my entire life, I've struggled with issues of self-confidence and self-worth. I've always struggled with body issues and weight problems, although up through college, it never really impaired my ability to have relationships with people. Toward the end of college, I was more committed to a healthy lifestyle and got down to a weight that I believed was healthy and happy for me, about 150 pounds. I started attending graduate school. I'm, I'm only mentioning the weight uh, because it, it's going to make sense further down the line. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think 150 is like, that's normal. That's where you should be. That's mm-hmm. like, that's hot. I, I don't, anything less than that. If you're a twig, get out of here. <laughs> you need a sandwich. I know some women can't really, you know, right. gain weight. Some women are very dainty and that's, mm-hmm. that's just their build. And all women are beautiful. And I'm just digging myself a hole. <laughs> As I go, it's a, no, I know, I know what, I know what, I, I know what you're when I hear 150, I, I hear that's that's totally normal. That's fine. I started attending graduate school, and uh, the weight slowly came back and went beyond what I had been at when I thought I was my heaviest, or in, or in words in my head when I was a fat cow. Oh, okay. so she's being self-deprecating mm-hmm. through this whole thing. Uh, in 2011, I began experiencing symptoms of depression, the most distressing of which was sadness, lack of motivation, and a complete loss of sex drive. It's kind of depression all encompassed, mm-hmm. right? She goes on to say, my partner was really understanding and encouraging, and encouraging me of getting better. Um, and after starting on an antidepressant, things seemed to improve a bit, but I also continue to struggle with body and weight issues. So fast forward to now. I'm at my highest, highest weight in my life, 300, and I feel absolutely terrible about myself. I have no sex drive, and if it could, could be worse, I almost have an aversion to sexual activity. I don't even want him to touch me. I don't like the feeling of him touching my skin or fat because it feels so gross to me. I don't even pleasure myself anymore, with only rare exception of uh, if I'm having trouble falling asleep. My partner and I don't even have vaginal intercourse anymore with regularity. It's been months since the last time. He hasn't done anything orally to me since last July, per my choice, not his. I do perform oral sex on him at least once a week, though, as I feel I have to. I do want to make him happy and satisfy him and actually enjoy that process, so I don't mind it at all with our arrangement. But I know that it does bother him a bit or makes him saddened, that I don't want regular sex. He feels it has to do with him, which only makes me feel even more guilty. I'm hoping you producers could give me some advice on how to overcome this aversion. And I have, uh, I have, and start feeling more comfortable engaging in regular sex. I, of course, know part of it is going to involve getting off my fat ass and putting down the pasta. But in the meantime, is there any suggestion you guys have to reintroduce sex back back into my relationship in a way that doesn't make me feel so disgusting and avoidant. Should I just suck it up? Like take like fake it till you make it sort of situation? I'm just not sure what to do, but I know I want to change, as does my partner. Thanks. Well, goodness, there's a lot to unpack there. And first, I think the she said she was was on antidepressants, right? And then she never really mentioned getting off of them. So mm-hmm. I wonder if she's still on the antidepressants because I will tell you from personal experience, I have no sex drive. Absolutely none. And I also don't masturbate. I mean, I maybe once a month, maybe. And I just don't, that drive has gone. And I know that it's from the antidepressants. 
Um, so my first suggestion would be to get into the doctor. And I know, I know what it's like to have no, no motivation when you're in that depression. Um, but it sounds like you're, if you still are in antidepressants, they're not working anymore. Or if you aren't on them, maybe you need to talk to a doctor, not necessarily getting on like an SSRI or an SS, uh, whatever I'm on. It's not the SSRI. And I think, um, maybe you could talk to them about just getting on like a serotonin booster. One of the drugs I'm on is Abilify and it just helps you with your dopamine and, uh, serotonin levels. So that's where it helps you to feel that more energy and mm. the more happiness. Um, so I think the first thing is to work with a doctor, a, psych- a psychiatrist, if you can, um, to check to check those things out. The second thing, though, that I do want to talk about is she seemed to be focusing on poundage and like how much she weighs, and now she's more than she has weighed more than she ever has. I know exactly how that feels because right now I am the most heaviest I've ever been. I'm more heavy now than I was when I was 10 months pregnant. Um, But I'm not focusing, excuse me, on a number anymore. I just want to focus on how I feel, which is hard because I do look at myself and I'm like, oh, I have a tummy that hangs over, you know, that hangs over my chonies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my ass is big. And, you know, I, I, I see those things when I look in the mirror. Um, but I'm trying to focus on the fact that I'm, I'm eating better now. I'm not drinking and I'm exercising fairly regularly. My body, I can see now a, um, an improvement in my strength of mm-hmm. what I'm able to do. And so I'm just trying to focus on that, just being healthy, not how much I weigh, not what kind of pants I can fit into. And, you know, I'm going to get rid of all the, you know how you, I don't know, Brandon, if you do this as a male, um, but I know it is a very female thing to keep your jeans that you're one day going to fit back into. Mm. I I had an epiphany the other day. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not keeping anything that I'm going to hope to fit back into because that's basically telling yourself you're not okay with where you're at now. So I'm getting rid of all that shit. And, you know, if you need um, just somebody that can talk to you about um, the basic fundamentals of, you know, getting back into, into shape, but not doing it in in a really drastic way. My, I, I feel like digging wellness, um, that I've been going to with Molly, um, she she works me out and I sweat and I get out of breath, but I'm not like she's not saying, you know, you need to run a mile every day. She's she's not militant. She's actually trying to help you gain the confidence at the same time as getting you a little more fit. It, right. Yeah. And like mind, body right. and everything. And, you know, she she's talks to me about, you know, just being stronger, not that I have to be a certain weight. In fact, one of the most awesome things I had experienced with her that I never experienced with a personal trainer before. Cause I, my experience has always been, they weigh you, they measure you, they do the little fat pinch thing and all that stuff. And you have a quota to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you need to be losing this. And no, she does not do that. And in fact, there was one day when I was starting to work out with her, I was like, can I weigh myself? 
so I can see how much I weigh. And she's like, why do you want to weigh yourself? I'm like, well, I just want to see if I'm, you know, where I'm at so that I can know where I need to be. And she she just looked at me and she's like, well, if you really need to do that, because, you know, she's understanding some people need to do that. If you need to do that, we can go into the room. You can weigh yourself, but you're not allowed to look at the number. I'll write down the number and then, you know, we can go from there later on down the road. And then by the time I got done working out, I was like, you know what? I don't need to weigh, my, weigh myself. Who gives a shit? So like you've, you felt confident enough in what you had done through that workout that you're like, eh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah, I do. I need to weigh myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think for the letter writer, Epi was her name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just maybe focus on just your overall health, not the number or the size that you are, you know? I'd agree with that. And especially, she she definitely needs to, to put the numbers away because mm-hmm. you know, all you're going to do is is just dwell on those numbers. And if you don't see any change in the numbers, you're just going to get down on yourself. And I think Amanda is absolutely right. You <clears throat> need to start feeling better about yourself on the inside before you can even worry about what things you're going to fit into and what number you're at. Yeah. Um, so definitely talk with your doctor about your pills because another thing that might be contributing to your weight gain is those pills. Yes. When you're on antidepressants, you do gain weight. Yes. I've, I've experienced that. My, my wife was on them for a while and she gained weight from it. I've gained weight. I gained weight while I was on them. And you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that might be working against you. There might be other options mm-hmm. medically for things that you can take that might be able to help you wean off the, the pills. Maybe it's not, maybe you don't need the antidepressants. You know, sometimes antidepressants are to help you take that next step in you, in that phase in your life. And if you depend on those depressants, antidepressants for so long, you're not making any progress. You're just kind of going in that circle again. Yes. Yes. And that's just what depression will do. It'll take you in that circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely think about changing those pills. Yeah. And then uh, from there, I love the idea of, of just get being more fit, more, more well, be, being, being more physically conscious and, and mentally aware of, of what your body's going through. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're constantly, if you have an aversion to sex and it's because you're not happy with your body, you're not happy with your mind either. And because I think that you don't have to be like beautiful and sexy on the outside in order to feel sexy. If you feel sexy in on, on, in your mind and, and confident with yourself, then it shouldn't matter what you weigh. Right. And it sounds like you, you have a loving partner who doesn't care about yeah. how much you weigh. Right. So maybe, maybe both of you, Set some some time aside and then talk about these these goals that you want to achieve. Maybe be just a little bit more active with each other. Go on walks. Maybe yeah, walk. get get out and be a little bit more physical yeah. um, outside. Don't don't focus on like, am I pleasing him? Maybe focus on how do I make myself happier and, and how do I get him involved in that process? Yeah, because those walks as a couple, those can be really good just to reconnect as a, just as a couple, you mm-hmm. know, and and you're both being physical and all that stuff. 
um, together. So you're supporting each other and it's time to talk. You know, it doesn't have to be some power walk. Just no. stroll around. Even you know? if it's in your backyard or your front yard, take your shoes off and put your bare feet on the on the bare ground. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been reading a lot about how grounding physically grounding your body to the earth is mm-hmm. is is very helpful for inflammation circulation depression it it's something as simple as taking your shoes off and walking around outside that can help you start feeling better yeah my grandma i think it's my grandma that told me there is something in dirt like when you're using your hands in dirt that there's you know some sort of mineral or something that actually helps you better yeah it's the magnetic field that's that's in the ground it, yeah. it's it's like if you think about it we're, we're constantly walking around this is i don't know why this is turning into ground talk but um <laughs> this really could could help just just the baby steps to get you to the to the right mood and the right state of mind um but we're walking around with these le- with these uh rubber shoes on and we don't have any connection with the earth anymore mm-hmm. and and this might sound like mumbo jumbo but we're our body is electricity yes. and and the the earth is a magnet and if we don't allow our our bodies to be grounded with the earth we're just walking around a, a charges of lightning bolts that have nothing all this energy and nowhere to go so yeah. you know there's there's a lot of steps that you could take in order to help your relationship but i think it starts from within Absolutely. and i think that Amanda's right. You, you need to talk to your doctor about your pills. Maybe maybe this one just isn't working for you. This one could be contributing to your weight gain. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's other options for you. And turn to your partner and ask him how you guys can work together on, on improving this. Because I'm sure you want to have sex again. You might yeah. have this aversion to it because of the way you feel. Um, but he wants to help. And it sounds like if you just work together, maybe that could, maybe that could help springboard that, that process. Yeah. And you know, I know maybe it sounds like, you know, it's going to take a lot of energy to go on a walk every night. Well, maybe just start by once a week. Yeah. Once a week or just go out in the backyard. Like Brandon was saying, maybe toss a ball back to each other, back and forth. I mean, just something, you know, but the other thing I wanted to tell her is in her letter, it sounded like she's like, I know I need to, you know, do this and I know I need to do that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to repeat this thing that my trainer, Molly, has said to me, and I think it's the best piece of advice I've gotten in the last year. Because when I started working out with her, she, I, she would tell me something and tell me, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I would be like, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know I need to do that. Well, you need to believe that you are worth taking care of and you start taking care of yourself as if you're worth it. You know, and I I have those issues where I'm like, I don't deserve to be loved. I don't, I feel worthless or whatever. And it's just me repeating the bullshit in my head and telling myself that I need to start telling myself I am worth it. I do deserve to be taken care of and start taking care of yourself. Epi, you are worth it. Yes. And you will see the benefits once you start taking care of yourself. Yep. Uh, dig in wellness. Dig in Is that wellness. What you yeah, you can find her on Instagram. Uh, dig in wellness is on there, um, and I believe on Facebook as well. Cool. All right, Epi, hopefully that helped you. Uh, that'll do it for us. If you have any uh, comments, reactions, or hate mail that you want to send our way. Hate mail? That would be fun. We haven't had any of that yet. Uh, yeah. Uh, email us at rad at radradio.com. We'll have a new episode next week. Namaste, fuckers. Bye. The Rad 